Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much to Say. But don't go asking questions that you don't Okay, so mm, the news has been weird this week. Um, <laughs> I decided like three weeks ago to start rewatching *Handmaid's Tale* because I'd only ever watched the first season and I'd read the book, and um, I did not expect this turn of events in um, like women's rights to <laughs> quite quite do this. Um, but I really want to talk about it. It's really important to me and. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about reproductive health. So if the words period blood freak you out, go ask your mom for the sex talk. Come back next week. But um, I, I want to share my perspective because it comes from a place of unlearning, like most things. And I've talked about that because I grew up in, you know, a rather fundamentalist Christian environment, thinking that a lot of things were wrong without having any information to back that up. Um, you know, I mean, I thought that gay people were going to hell. So, and that's clearly not true. And, um, I'd be right in hell with them. So it's like, it's just not real. So I'm unlearning all of those things. And as a kid, I grew up going to abortion rallies, um, anti-abortion rallies and holding a sign in front of the, the clinic, which people could have been going into for, for condoms. They could have been going in for, um, you know, cervical cancer assessments. They could have been going in to, you know, talk about an abortion or adoption. They could have been doing anything. But this group of people that I was forced to go with when I was like five or six years old, um, with my one of my parents, th- there'd be these these women going in there and I'd be holding the sign that's like, Would you murder me? That's so fucking manipulative. And now that I'm older and I've had really, really close friends and relatives have to have an abortion. I know how horrible that would have made them feel in that moment. 
um, so I really want to, I really want to talk about it and share some, share some things that I have too much to say about, but if you don't identify as pro-choice, I really hope you still listen because I don't want to come at this from a place of, you know, fuck you, blah, 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 blah. You're trying to control my body because even though I am very, very angry, I want to approach this the way that helped me understand and helped me unlearn those things that I was taught. So let's dive right in. I think that people, I understand where the um, passion for being pro-life comes from, but I think it's this kind of really unhealthy, privileged, toxic form of activism, and it's preferring to be an activist for groups that can't speak for themselves, and it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable as a, you know, as a, as a white woman to, to realize, like, okay, my opinions on racism don't actually really matter that much, and the best thing I can do is let a person of color speak for themselves and their experience. And it's an ego thing, I think, to like be like, okay, well, you know, it's un- it's uncomfortable. I mean, obviously, that's something I've I know and I learned a long time ago. But the first time you realize that, it's like, oh, I'm not needed for this conversation. I need to just shut up and listen. And that was a big thing I think people were talking about in the summer of 2020, and that was a really really important thing. And yeah, it's it's a lot easier from a from a human ego perspective to just pick a group that can't speak for themselves so you can do all the talking advocating for fetuses you can do all the talking when you're advocating for animals and you know I love advocating for animals but you can do all the talking when you're advocating for children in third world countries you know you're not going over there with your microphone asking them their perspective and if you were you know I mean Tom's the the shoe company they put out of business like all of these and I also would like to correct myself because I think third world countries is a is a pejorative term um I just can't think of another one so it's not said with bad intention but um they put these like local shoe companies out of business because they just came by and were just like handing out everybody like free shoes and I bought Tom's because they were cool and I was like oh that's so awesome but if they literally just held a mic up to anybody in that town who like that affected any of the adults, they would have been like, yeah, you know, like there was this really nice guy and he had a shoe company and now he doesn't because everyone could get them for free. And it's like, oh my God. So it just feels like that kind of cheap activism to me because you can control the narrative. You don't have to ask anybody else's opinion. And this is a dark thought, but one that I've seen, um, there's there's people that shouldn't have children and if you're a person in an abusive relationship and find out that you're pregnant with his child and you can't get away from it like you're that child is going to be a victim of that too and the best thing you could probably do, I mean, when you see these heinous stories of like people murdering their children or, I mean, I saw one the other day that this woman like forced her, this woman's mother, so the grandmother forced 
her four-year-old granddaughter to drink a bottle of whiskey, an entire, like, half a bottle of whiskey, in front of her mother because she thought the four-year-old had, like, snuck a sip of it. And she drank the whole thing and, like, immediately died. And so it's like, what's better? That that little girl was growing up in an environment where that was going to fucking happen to her and that was going to be her destiny. Those people should never have children. They shouldn't. And also, I'm going to dive into like my real thoughts about just the logistics of abortion next, but it's just, it's complicated. It's not as easy as we want to say it is. And so being reductive and calling it murdering babies is not factoring in everything. So we'll dive into that next. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. So I have a podcast on toxic feminism that I've done if you want to go back and listen to that. And honestly, this was a side of it that I was not feeling great about diving into because it is super fucking uncomfortable to talk about abortion, especially when I grew up in a place where like it was murder and nobody wants an abortion except for, and on the side of toxic feminism, um, Lena Dunham once said in an interview that she hasn't had an abortion yet, but she wishes that she had. And unfortunately, guys, that's a direct quote. And that's so fucking stupid and privileged. And I you know, don't like just attacking celebrities, but I hated that so much because it's an insult to any woman who's had one. Nobody's running around getting abortions for fun. If you, I didn't understand 
what they were like until I watched two of the closest people to me have them. And they had them because they were forced to, because there was no other option for them. There was no other option for them. Their, their lives would have been completely changed and that child would have had a horrible life. I'm in a position where like my, my dad adopted my niece and nephew after my sister passed away and they're 11 and seven. And my dad is 73, 74, somewhere in that range. And I'm the next person who can take them. I'm 27. So when my dad can no longer take care of these kids, like that responsibility is on me. There's, there's no other place, but I know if I were to take them right now, I would not be able to have my career, right? Like, I mean, it would be over. It's, it's so easy to think I could still do it. I couldn't, I absolutely could not because I just, it would, it would literally be impossible. I'd have to change everything about my life and I would not be able to give those kids the life that they deserve. Whereas if I can work for five or six more years and then take them I can like, they can go to college and they can, you know, pursue their dreams and they can have the safe home environment that they deserve and they can have, you know, the things I didn't have growing up. And so I know that's different than abortion, but it's still like the thought of like, I can't be a mother right now, but I can be someday. But if I'm one right now, like those kids aren't going to have the life that they deserve. And so Lena Dunham's statement was just so fucking ignorant because Nobody wants an abortion. It's just like, they're painful, they're expensive. And right now, with this ruling as is, um, I live right now in, in Tennessee, which is a trigger straight state, which means they can pull the trigger immediately after the Supreme Court makes this ruling, uh, which seems like it'll be in about three to six weeks, uh, if they officially go through with it, which like they all but have, I probably should have started off this episode explaining the, um, the Supreme court ruling, but basically, you know, they, that doesn't happen. They don't leak the first draft of these documents ever that like never happens. You don't see first drafts of things from the Supreme court because it's like super, super, super secretive, but somebody did it because they knew that life was about to turn into the handmaid's tale. So but Tennessee's a trigger state, so as soon as that officially comes out, then abortion will be illegal here. Um, I believe it'll be illegal in Georgia, Alabama. Um, obviously, it's already, you know, fucked up in Texas. You can sue somebody for $10,000 even if you don't know them. That's a real thing. Um, and then Florida has one as well, and I believe they're a trigger state. And so I was reading this thing that was like, in a very short period of time, if everything goes as the government has it planned, then a girl in Miami who's 12 years old and got pregnant because she was raped, because if anybody gets a 12-year-old pregnant, it's rape. Um, the closest place for her to get an abortion safe and legally would be Metropolis, Illinois, which is a 15-hour drive and over a 1,000 miles. And like... I mean, you have, you have like ch child victims of sex trafficking and that's another, that's another group that you can advocate for without ever asking their opinion on, because it's like, you're talking about children. You get to speak over them. You don't, you don't, how often have you seen 
a child victim of sex trafficking actually talking about their experience. You hear from adults like later down the road, but it's always, always people who don't have anything to do with it that are talking about it. And then when you do have like, they're, they're called sex workers. Like Centoya Brown in, in Tennessee was a victim of sex trafficking, but in court, she's a sex worker. No, she's being forced against her will to be, to be a sex slave. That's, that's what that is. And so like, they're talking about this group of invisible children who are being manipulated. But as soon as that child is like 17, they're a sex worker, 16, they're a sex worker, they're a slut. And it's just, you can, you can advocate for that group so easily. But then as soon as they're not a little baby that can't speak for themselves, you don't want to support them anymore. And that's so fucked up. And I'm a little all over the place because I've just been super pissed over the past few days. But, um, so that, and like, honestly, Miami has a horrible sex trafficking like situation down there. It's really bad. It's really unsafe. I mean, you know what the headlines are like in Florida. And so the closest place they could go is Southern Illinois. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. And so it's like, they're already so expensive. And they're painful. And, like, this is about to be graphic, so feel free to fast forward just if you don't want to hear it because I don't think it's necessary. But if you have one, it's, like, that's there's more blood involved than one would think would be, cap- like, possible to come out of the human body. And you're basically, like, paying $600 to be in unimaginable pain. And this is, like, talking about the pill, which you can take. And it's, like... Nobody wants that. Nobody's like lining. Like, so when you see these really exaggerated Lena Dunham type abortion activists, that's not the, that's not the core of it. That's just what conservative media wants you to think that, you know, pro-choice women are, which is baby killers, which they're not. (laughs) And there's a quote who I don't think he's maybe the best. I don't think any man in politics is the right person to quote um, in the context of, of women's rights. But Bill Clinton did say one time, because a lot of these politicians like Democrats weren't pro-choice back in the day. Joe Biden was not pro-choice. And also he's never said the word abortion ever in his, um, as president, he's always used vague terms like women's rights and reproductive health. And he's never just said fucking abortion. And now it's showing. And But Bill Clinton said abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. And it's very succinct. They should be. They absolutely should be. And you know how we, like, make them rare? Birth control. Fucking birth control. And I grew up at a school that had several teen pregnancies. And there were only, like, 12 kids in my class. Several teen pregnancies. Because... We weren't taught about sex. We weren't taught anything. And like I waited until I was 18 and I'm really thankful, but I don't know. I, I learned about sex because I forged my mother's signature on the sex ed form in eighth grade and ninth grade because I wasn't allowed to take it. And I was like so scared because I like didn't know anything about it and also, you need to know sex ed just because, like, you need to understand, like, how your fucking period works. You need to understand, like, 
they teach you so much about um, healthy relationships and how to recognize if you're in an abusive relationship or how to like, you know, learn ways to um, protect yourself as much as you can from rape. Like that, those are the things I took away from that class. Not like, oh, I, I want to see a penis. No. If anything, it horrified me. They showed you the childbirth video. I was like, I'm good. Not going to have sex for another four to five years. That's great. Thank you for showing me that. Like, but we didn't have that at the Christian school that I went to. There was no sex ed. There was nothing. There wasn't even like a health class in that in that sense. There was, it was an abstinence only education, which is what a lot of these Southern politicians are pushing for. And like, honestly, kids are going to have sex. And that's unfortunate. That makes me scared. I have a little sister. I don't like that idea. I don't, I don't want that. But they're going to. The, the only way they're not is if you have like a real talk conversation with them and talk to them about like, hey, like, your emotions are a little bit unstable right now. And like, if you like, you're going to develop an attachment to the person you lose your virginity to. I mean, I heard somebody say that that was sexist to say that. And I don't fucking care because in my experience and in every other person's experience that I've ever seen, that's been true. And you're just not ready to take that on as a really young kid. You have to like understand it. So these kids were just getting pregnant left and right. And this Christian school, cause none of us knew what was going on and like what, it was and how to protect ourselves. There were no condoms. There was no teacher they felt safe talking to. Certainly couldn't talk to our parents. And like, if you don't, if you want abortions to be rare, let kids have birth control. Teach them about condoms. Teach them about backup forms of contraception. There's ways to like not take hormonal birth control. Because I understand people who aren't a fan of that as like a concept because it can mess with you. I have to take it for my endometriosis and I found a really good regimen, but it's so insane to just expect kids to not have sex. And then it's like, well, don't get an abortion. Okay. Um, well, where was the condom? Where was the birth control? Where was the, you know, spermicide? I don't know anyone's ever, ever used that, but it's a thing. Um, where's the ovulation calendar? I mean, like, fuck. You just, you can't, it's so ignorant to just think that teenagers aren't going to go fuck each other. They are. They're teenagers. They're hormonal and stupid. They're stupid. I was, as as a former teenager, I was hormonal and stupid. It was so dumb. And thank God I went to a school that they probably knew I was forging my mom's signature and let me know like what it was anyways. And then... Also, this is TMI, but I just no longer fucking care. I wasn't allowed to get the Gardasil vaccine, which is vac- vaccinates you against HPV, which can turn into cervical cancer, um, because my mother thought it would make me have sex. Like, I'd get this vaccine and be like, oh, I'm so ready to go. Can't get HPV. Let's go. Like, I was like 12, right? I don't even think I'd kissed a boy yet. Like, No, that was not my first thought. And I didn't understand it. And I was like, okay. And I remember like a friend's mom talking about how great it was because like something I'm so bad with statistics on this podcast because I I know I don't nail them, but like something around 80% of people have HPV and it's not like, it doesn't manifest as anything. A lot of people have herpes too. Like if you've had a cold sore, you've had some form of herpes, like it's just, they're just things. And if you're not having flare ups then it's like not contagious or something. Anyways, I should probably have like an OBGYN on here to educate you, but just go Google it because I'm, I'm somewhere in the realm of truth with what I'm saying right now. But moral of the story, 
tons of people have HPV. It's super normal and it like most likely won't affect you, but it can turn into cervical cancer. And so I had a, uh, abnormal pap smear, which means that they like, it's, it's so painful if you're, if you've never had one, oh, I think you have to do it once you're 21, but they're the fucking worst. And, um, it's even worse when they're like, Hey, you had an abnormal one. We think you have cervical cancer. So I had to go in and have this horrible procedure done. And that only happened because I wasn't allowed to get this vaccine. And thank God it hadn't progressed, but I had to have this surgery where they had to like scrape it out. And it was so fucking painful. It was so awful. And it was all because my mom thought if I got this vaccine, I would have sex. And no, I just got HPV instead. And then I found out from my gynecologist that you can have that. You can get the vaccine like up until you're 25. And so I got it because it also can control like it. Even if you already have HPV, you can um, it can like limit your chances of it turning into cervical cancer. So I was like, thank you. Please shoot me in the arm. Love that for me. So if any of you guys are in that same situation, um, definitely recommend that. But it's like they just think that like the second you learn anything about sex, you're going to just go fuck. And like, honestly, as teenagers, you're probably just going to go do it. Even if you don't know, you might actually even be more inclined because you're like, what's this all about? No one's told me. But then when you're like told, you're like, oh, that sounds like a little bit scary. I might want to wait a little bit longer. It just makes no sense to me. And so then when you're like, if you're anti-birth control and anti-abortion, get the fuck out of here. That's the one angry thing I'll say. But I'm going to share a really, really personal, real anecdote um, coming up next that comes from a really heartbreaking place. And um, But I, it's really important to me if you've made it this far into my angry rant about the world turning into Handmaid's Tale. Um that you listen to this because this is the real world perspective of what these look like. And it's not just some girl who's fucking all about town, not taking birth control, getting pregnant and getting an abortion every single time. That doesn't, that is so rare. That is so rare that that happens. And what I'm about to tell you next is what abortion actually looks like. So I'll be right back. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. So for starters, um, a lot of, I'm so emotional right now because of all of this, but also because, again, I've been watching Handmaid's Tale and I don't know if you guys have watched it, but it is like, Basically, like if you put, there's a quote in it when they're talking about women's rights being stripped away and America turning into Gilead, where it's like if you're a frog in a pot and they just slowly keep turning up the heat, you won't notice that you're boiling. And so it's so scary to look around and be like, oh, wait, the heat just got turned up. And I, I, I feel okay, but, but what happens if it goes up more? Am I about to be boiled and I have no idea? And the, progression in Gilead looks a lot like what is happening right now and it's really scary and I went to I don't know what made this happen but I swear to god I never had this problem before but I have endometriosis which is a um really common in the grand scheme of things but severely undiagnosed uh, disease that's on my reproductive organs and it's basically like these endometrial cells multiply and grow similar to cancer and they attack your organs. They can grow anywhere. It's basically like when your endometrial tissue somehow escapes your uterus, which is like what you shed. It's like the lining that you shed during your period and it like somehow escapes. I don't know how. They don't really know how. There's not a lot of education on it. Um, And again, maybe go read the Mayo Clinic's definition of this and not Kaylee Shores, but this is what I've gathered from my, you know, dozens of doctor's appointments about it. Um, But basically it escapes and then it attaches to your organs and then every month when you have your period, it flares up and attacks everything. And I have the rarest kind, which is um, diaphragmatic endometriosis, which means not only is it on my ovaries and my uterus specifically, but it also goes all the way up to my lungs. And um, one of my doctors had a woman who had her lung collapse during yoga because she had all this endometrial tissue on her lungs. So people think that it's just like, oh, you have heavy, bad periods and you have these this stuff on your ovaries. It can be so much more than that. And it really is like aside from like you can't so far there's no proof that it can like kill you, but it's similar to like Lyme disease or um, fibromyalgia or uh, lupus where it's like this invisible disease where you can't tell how sick somebody is. So a lot of times people don't get it. And the first time I ever had a massive flare-up, I was on the red carpet at the Radio Disney Music Awards, and I just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, felt like somebody was stabbing me in the rib cage where my lung is. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And, like, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't stop. And I was so weirded out because I was like, what could this be, you know? And then it's easy to trick yourself into thinking you're being dramatic when you have one of these invisible diseases. But... Um, A lot of people classify endometriosis as a disability, and when 
it's been at its worst and I haven't been getting the treatment I needed for it, it is absolutely 100% felt like a disability. Like, a disability is anything that, like, affects your life and, and makes you miss work and not be able to function as a human being and, like, limits you from doing things. So, yes, 100%. And I now that I have it under control, I don't think I would. But I do think at many points in my life, like, endometriosis has been a disability for me. So the bet I did a men's cancer treatment for it, like a prostate cancer treatment that put me into a false menopause for nine months. So like, I literally know what menopause feels like, like it was a true menopause. I didn't have my period for nine months, but I used to have to get these injections every single month and it would hurt so bad because I do it like up on like my lower back and I couldn't sit down. So on the car ride, I'd be like lifting my butt off of the car seat and just like driving home as fast as I could to go take a nap. And it would hurt for two days. And that was every single month. And I would have these like crazy mood swings and um, hot flashes. And my bone density is so low. So like basically the second I enter real menopause, I'm going to have osteoporosis. Super fun to look forward to. But I did that because I want to have kids one day, ideally, you know, and if I can't, I'm hundred percent going to adopt, but like, I would like to have my own and I'd probably like to adopt in addition to it. Like as a little kid, I would draw pictures of my family and, um, in like class and whatever. And the teacher would be like, Oh, who's that one? I'm like, cause there would always be like one kid who looked like nothing like the rest of the family, either like hair color, skin color, whatever. And they, the teacher would be like, Oh, who's that one? And I'd be like, I adopted them. And they're like, okay, you're six. That's intense. But that's always been important to me. So I'm doing everything I can to like have biological children. But if I can't, then I'll accept that that's my path. But I'm, you know, and it's weird to have to think about that. Like when I was 22 years old, I had a doctor tell me that there was only a 50% chance that I could have kids. And I was like, fuck, okay, well, let's mentally prepare ourselves for that. But I'm doing all these things to ensure that I can have them. Cause basically every time you have your period, when you have endometriosis, it like basically like, it's like you have these scars that are healing. And then when you ovulate, it like rips them open again and you have to start the healing process all over. So the men's prostate cancer treatment didn't work very well. And I ultimately have to be on birth control consistently. Like I don't normally for all the non-menstruating people listening, um, basically you have, you take three weeks of birth control, you take one week off, you have your period, you start it again, but I just take it four weeks, like nonstop. And if I miss it, I immediately have those endometriosis symptoms again, but it suppresses them and it's allowed me to like live a normal life and remember what it feels like to not have endometriosis, which is really wonderful. And my boyfriend's mom is a gynecologist and so she's like been able to help me because there's, it's so understudied and I've had like so many doctors like have no idea what they're doing and like honestly maybe should have never done the prostate cancer treatment to begin with, but I didn't know that. So um, it's, it was a lot and I, I did all that so that I could have kids. And so I went to the pharmacy the other day, yesterday actually, and I'd been having the hardest time tracking down my birth control and I, I, I can't miss it. I can't miss it a, because I can't get pregnant and B, I can't miss it because my symptoms immediately return and I'm in horrible pain and am just like become destitute and depressed and awful. And I'm like, you know, calling my doctor, can't get through, 
figured out some way to do it online. And then I got to the pharmacy yesterday and I was like, okay, hey, I'm here for my birth control prescription. You guys said it would be ready. And he was like, oh, well, it actually says that you have some at home, so you can't get any. And so you have to take your birth control at the same time every single day for it to be its most effective. So I take it at 9 a.m. every single day. And based on these rules that never used to be a thing, I have to get to the pharmacy at 9 a.m., which is when they open, the day that my birth control runs out. So I don't have any. So I like have to carve that out in my day. I can't just like have it at my house, which is so stupid. I'm like, what am I going to do? Go get high on birth control and like sell it to kids and tell them it's candy. No, no, I'm not like it. What? And so he's like, it says you have some at home. So I actually can't give it to you. And I was like, this is a new thing. Um, it's happened to me like two or three times in the past, like six months, but it was never a thing before. And I just like, a, I'm super emotional because I'm having my period for the first time in 18 months. B, I'm super emotional because I'm like, well, okay, this is my only plan right now because I can't have a baby. And so I just like start crying and I was like, I can't get pregnant right now because like my rights are being taken away and like, sir, I really need this. And he was just like, <sighs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. And he was like, no, it's okay. I've had so many women come in and say this to me just today. And I was like, fuck, this is Handmaid's Tale. And I like need that medication more because I have a disease. Not even like, you know, I can find other backup forms of, of birth control, but I can't find other treatments for endometriosis. And it's just, I, I'm so scared that that's what's next. But this last story I want to share with you is... Um, I don't, I don't want to say who because it's just a really personal thing, but a very close relative when I was 14 years old um, had to have an abortion by induced labor, which means that you just give birth to the baby very early. And um, I was just sobbing about this yesterday, um, probably because I had my period for the first time in 18 months, but also because it's fucking terrifying to know that if this happened in six weeks, they could have been forced to carry the baby full term. Um, so this, this relative, she got pregnant. She was married. She'd never been a mom before and desperately wanted to be one. And it was in a place where she could and was so excited. And it already named the baby. And we were like, you know, shopping and buying things for the baby. And it was just really sad. And um, we ended up calling him trooper so that's what I'll call him um that was not going to be his name but that's what we you know started calling him when we found out this was happening but basically she found out like I think like three months in or four months in when she got the first ultrasound I'm not going to get the timeline right again google it whatever the trimester cycle is but um she found out that the baby had this thing called anencephaly, which is where the top part of their skull from like the eyebrows up doesn't grow. And so the baby's brain is just completely exposed. Don't Google that. Don't Google that. Cause when I was 14, I did. And it is the most horrific thing ever. And you just, just trust me. I mean, you, you can, you can figure out what half a skull with an exposed brain looks like. 
without Googling it. Um, and so we found this out and she was just devastated because there's like, I mean, the longest a baby with anencephaly has ever survived has been like 18 hours. And it's like happens a lot. There's no cure for it. There's no way you can fix it. You can't create half a skull. Maybe one day medical, you know, the, they'll figure it out. But I mean, that's a pretty, that's a, it's a death sentence. It absolutely is. And so caring to term, if she had that baby for nine months, I mean, you get so attached to it. You get so attached to the baby and it's not safe. And then you bring that baby into the world. And even if they do live for 18 hours, they're in incredible pain. I mean, like their, their, their brain is exposed and chances are they're going to be born and take a few breaths, be in an extreme pain the whole time and then just die in front of you. And so she made the decision with her doctors to induce labor. And um, in retrospect, I'm like, I was 14. Why was I there? That's super traumatic. But like she needed me there and, and I was there. Um, so she gave birth to Trooper and he was only 11 inches long, which is like the size of a Barbie doll. And there were these these Catholic nuns who volunteered at the church. And most Catholics, like, don't necessarily agree with abortion. Maybe most isn't the right term, but a lot of them don't. And these women were so sweet. And they, like, they knitted him a little hat so that the nurses could put it on. And the mom wouldn't have to see it. And she could hold him and say goodbye. And she got the choice of either having a birth certificate for him or having a death certificate. And you could pick one because he lived and died at the same time, which is like so sad. So she chose a birth certificate. <laughs> and it was like the most crushing thing. And she wanted that baby so bad so bad and she did the right thing but that's classified as an abortion and it's just like that's who's getting them that's what that looks like that's what those statistics are it's not some like dumb girl running around like getting them because she doesn't use a condom like that's not it it's not like that's what that looks like People who want their babies have to get abortions. And you can't, you can't require somebody to use their body to save another life. You can't have somebody walk up to you and be like, hey, this person's dying. You have the same blood type as them. You're compatible. Um, you have to give them part of your kidney. What? You can't do that. You can't even do that with a corpse. Like, you have to consent to your organs being donated before they can use them after you die. So, like, now, in six weeks, if this happens, a corpse will have more rights over their body than a living human. And, like, you can't, you can't tell somebody to do that. And it's like, and there would have been a lot of complications if this mother had carried that baby to term and she did the right thing. Like I can't imagine any other choice she would have made. 
And if this happened in six weeks, she wouldn't have been able to do that. And that just like breaks my heart. And so I want to leave you with this one last thing. This is such a long episode and I am just all over the place because I'm super emotional about it. But, um, I want you guys to hear this. I'm not pro murdering babies. I'm pro Becky who found out at her 20 week anatomy scan that the infant she had been so excited to bring into this world had developed without life sustaining organs. I'm pro Susan who was sexually assaulted on her way home from work only to come to the horrific realization that her assailant planted his seed in her when she got a positive pregnancy test result a month later. I'm pro Teresa who hemorrhaged due to a placental abruption causing her parents, spouse and children to have to make the impossible decision on whether to save her or her unborn child. I'm pro little Kathy who had her innocence ripped away from her by someone she shouldn't have been able to trust. She should have been able to trust and her 11 year old body isn't mature enough to bear the consequence of that betrayal. I'm pro Melissa who's working two jobs just to make ends meet and has to choose between bringing another child into poverty or feeding the children she already has because her spouse walked out on her. I'm pro Brittany who realizes that she is in no way financially, emotionally or physically able to raise a child. I'm pro Emily who went through in vitro fertilization, ending up with six viable implanted eggs requiring selective reduction in order to ensure the safety of her and a safe amount of fetuses. I'm pro Jessica, who is finally getting the strength to get away from her physically abusive spouse, only to find out that she's carrying the monster's child. I'm pro Vanessa, who went into her confirmation appointment after years of trying to conceive, only to hear silence where there should be a heartbeat. I'm pro Lindsay, who lost her virginity in her sophomore year with a broken condom and now has to choose whether to be a teenage mom or just a teenager. I'm pro Courtney who just found out she's already 13 weeks along, but the egg never made it out of her fallopian tube. So either she terminates the pregnancy or risks dying from internal bleeding. You can argue and say that I'm pro choice all you want, but the truth is I'm pro life, their life, their lives. And, um, that's what that looks like. And that's what's being taken away. And most of the states in the Tennessee surrounding area, in the South, and the ones that are going to ban abortion, because now it's a state decision, are already ready. They have the laws lined up. They can pull the trigger the second that the Supreme Court finalizes this decision in six weeks or less. And there's not a, there's not exceptions for the well-being of the mother. There's not exceptions for life-threatening pregnancies. There's not exceptions for rape, and there's not exceptions for incest. And if you're in a situation where a teenage girl who's raped by her father is forced to carry that baby, that's creating a supply chain for a pedophile. If you force a woman in an abusive relationship to have, or, you know, in an abusive home in general, to give birth to that baby, that baby is most certainly going to be a victim as well. And... There's so many things that factor into this, but it's terrifying. Um, I, I hope, I believe every pregnant or woman capable of getting pregnant hopes that they don't have to have an abortion. Nobody wants one, but you get backed into a corner where you have to decide what's right for you and what is best for that unborn child. So anyways, um, the best thing you can do right now, don't donate to Planned Parenthood. They have enough money, honestly. I mean, like I've done plenty of fundraisers for them and 
I've gotten like amazing treatment for them for things that have nothing to do with pregnancy and everything to do with getting help for my endometriosis and, and all that. And it's so expensive to have ovaries and they really help that. But right now, independent clinics in, in small communities are who needs your money. So if you're able to donate or even just share, find a smaller place in your area and support them. Um, thank you for listening to this long podcast. If you made it through, I really appreciate it. I almost wanted to do the episode on something else, but I'm all about talking about what makes me uncomfortable because I'm certainly passionate enough about it. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Kaylee Shore and this is too much to say. Don't go asking questions that you don't want answers to. I've got too much to say, and I'll tell it all to you. Yeah. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.